Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Without further ado, let's pray. Dear Father in Heaven, we love You and we praise You because You alone are the giver of all good things. Lord, the best gift that you ever gave us was your word so that we may grow to know you more. So Lord, let's just hear your truth this morning. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Up on the screen, you'll find a picture of a McDonald's meal. Here you have a cheese, I think it's a hamburger, maybe a cheeseburger, has fries and some chicken nugs there. What they did was they, they kind of did a little science experiment. They left this plate sitting on a counter somewhere for 120 days just to see what would happen. So that's four months for, the, for those that you who are math uh, challenged. There are so many preservatives in this food, you're not even going to believe what it looks like. So here's, that was day one. Here's day 50. Uh, so we see after 50 days, now think about that, 50 days of food sitting out, there's a little bit of mold, uh, the chicken nuggets look a little less appetizing, the, the, the fries are starting to shrivel, but they haven't lost any really color or anything. Like I said, a little bit of mold, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So let's look at day 120. Not really a lot of change. So 120 days, that's four months, this food's just been sitting out. Again, the color kind of still seems to be okay. Uh, you know, the, it looks like maybe it's just a little dehydrated because, you know, it's lack of, of moisture. <laughs> but really, it, it hasn't really changed too much. It's kind of scary, right? In, in fact, there was a, a documentary some years ago that was called Super Size Me, where a guy ate for, I think it was for 30 days, he ate three meals at McDonald's every single day, and his doctor asked him to stop because his organs were shutting down. So, hate to ruin McDonald's for you guys. I enjoy it sometimes myself, but that is amazing. That's the kind of stuff we put in our bodies. <laughs> it's funny. Obviously, this food is perishing in some way, Right? even if it's very, very slowly. Well, today we're going to talk about food that does not perish. Jesus speaks of this food when he tries to explain to the crowds following him that they're following him for the wrong reasons. They're, they're seeking the wrong things from him. And Jesus does not want to just give them food that perishes. He wants to give them the food that does not perish, which is the title of today's sermon today. Food that does not perish. Today, like I said, we pick up where that crowd of 20,000 that Jesus fed, they follow him across the Sea of Galilee. They want some more of that miracle bread. But Jesus takes this opportunity to teach them about the food that does not perish. Actually, the bread of life. Let's get into our, uh, our text this morning. We'll be in John chapter 6, verses at 25 through 35. You can follow along on the screen or in your Bibles as I read. Verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures it to eternal life 
which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father, God, has set his seal. Therefore, they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered them and said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then he said to him, Lord, always give us bread, this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. So if we take all these verses and we boil them down into one main idea, we get this. Very simple. We receive imperishable food when we believe Jesus. We receive this imperishable food that he's talking about when we believe what is written about Jesus and what he has said in his word. We'll see this morning Jesus was separating those who were following him for the right reasons and those that were following him for the wrong reasons. Let's get into our text and and break these verses down so we see why that statement is true. Going back to verse 25, the the crowds show up. Oh, hey, Rabbi, uh, fancy meeting you here. See, the crowd figured that uh, after Jesus kind of dismissed the disciples across the sea to Capernaum, they, they kind of figured Jesus would, would follow because he didn't get in the boat, if we remember from the story. He, didn't, he dismissed them, and he went off to pray. And then Jesus, being Jesus, started to stroll across the sea, ran into his disciples, and climbed into the boat. And that's where we're going to pick up where they got to the other side. So the people get in their ships to go and catch up to, to Jesus and the disciples, hoping if they follow the disciples, they'll find Jesus there. When they arrive, though, they're a bit confused because, like I said, they didn't see Jesus get into a boat. So they kind of say, Rabbi, when did you come here? Like, fancy meeting you here. But Jesus knew. He knew the the condition of their hearts. He knew what their motives were. So he says right there in verse 26, you seek me because I fed you, not because of the miraculous signs. He just immediately calls them out. You went all the way across the sea to follow me, to find me, because you want me to fill your bellies again. He's saying, you're not concerned with your spiritual lives or your eternity. See, there's been a lot of constant theme in these verses, in these chapters through John right now. If you remember, uh, when Jesus fed them, they almost tried to take, he slipped away so they didn't take him as, and try to make him king. They, they wanted Jesus to be a physical king, one again that would fill their bellies and take care of them. And Jesus knew this. He just had previously fed them, and, and he slipped away right before they could king him. And they ended up following him across the sea, kind of like a, a band of groupies following a band. Verse 27, Jesus tries to redirect them. He says, listen, you're seeking me for something physical. You shouldn't be seeking me for something physical, but, but for spiritual food. You're chasing, you're working for mere physical bread, 
but that's not why you should chase me. That's not why you should come after me. Jesus tells them, if you're going to work or strive for anything, anything at all, it shouldn't be physical, but spiritual food that does not perish. Spiritual food that, by the way, gives, gives eternal life, spiritually. He's saying we should hunger and we should thirst for the things of God as much, if not more, than the things we hunger and thirst for physically in this world. I mean, yes, we need to eat, you know. I mean, you could tell I like to eat. So, but it's, what he's saying, it's more important to focus on the eternal things than the temporal things. And then Jesus explains his authority of what he has over this at the end of verse 27 there. He tells them that he is the son of God and the father has set his seal on him. What he's doing there is he's trying to explain to these uh, deeply religious people who are Jewish, and they would understand this, if, if in ancient cultures, if you, the king gave you his seal, if you had that seal, you had all the power and the authority of the kingdom. So Jesus has explained to them, the father has set his seal on me. Jesus being God in the flesh had the seal of the father. He had full authority to offer salvation and eternal life. He was offering eternal food. And again, they, they didn't understand this after what just happened, after the feeding of the tens of thousands. See, it's good to mention this as we see miracles happening in, in, the, in the Bible. And Pastor Matt t- touched on it, uh, I think, last week. Whenever Jesus performed a miracle, it wasn't just for no reason. It wasn't just to meet an, an immediate need. It was to show, it was to back up a claim he was making or prove that he truly was the Messiah. They didn't understand this. They figured, we'll just keep following this guy around and hopefully we'll hear some good things and and he'll feed us while we're here. Jesus wasn't just performing miracles just to kind of be cool or even really just to uh, meet a basic need. It was to back up the fact that he truly was the Messiah. Moving on to verse 28. So they say, okay, we're kind of getting this. If you have this spiritual bread, this, this bread that gives true life, what was, must we do to obtain this food? What works must we do? It's funny, that's what we do sometimes, right? We're like, okay, if I want something to God, obviously he wants something in return from me. He wants me to work for this. He wants me to do something that I can earn from him. They were so familiar with their works-based religion, they were missing the point. Jesus was offering this as a free gift. He answers there in verse 29. He says to them, this is the work of God. You ready? It's really a lot of work. It's hard. Believe in him who he has sent. Jesus simply says, here's the work. Believe in me. That's the work. Believe I'm sent from the Father to save you. Believe that when I tell you all you need is me, I will take care of the rest. That is the work of God. We are saved when we believe the words of Jesus. He says it right there. He takes all the mystery out of it. How do we get this? How do we get this eternal food? Easily. You believe in me and my words. Think about it. How powerful is the word of Jesus? Well, everything we see and everything we know was created by the words of his mouth. 
That's how powerful the words of Jesus are. Think about a God who can create an entire universe that we can't even number the stars in by the words of his mouth. And he's just telling you this morning, just believe in me. They had Jesus standing there right before him, them, and all he's saying is believe in him, trust his word, much like you all are sitting here today. It's not really any different. If you believe in the person of who Jesus is and the works that he did on the cross, like Mike says, we get to this early and often. We love to preach the gospel here. That's exactly what Jesus is saying to you this morning. If you believe in the person and works of Jesus, you will receive the word of God that sustains you and leads you to eternity. And that brings us to our first point. Salvation is not a work, it's a, but a belief. Salvation is not a work, it is a belief. The gift of salvation cannot be earned. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. The good works we do, now follow me because we should do good works, the good works we do flow out from our faith. It flows out from our faith. It's like James said, our works are a sign that we possess true faith. If you really have faith in Christ and you really believe in him, you'll follow his commandments, you will, you will love him, and you will love others how he loves them. Those are the works. These Jews were so caught up in, like I said, a works-based religion. Follow the five or six hundred commandments, follow the laws, and when you come up short, you have to make sacrifices. However, these sacrifices were mere temporary, temporary sacrifices. It was all temporary. Jesus, the Messiah, would be a permanent sacrifice for all who place their faith in him. It's simply given to those who believe Jesus is who he says he is and what his word says about him. This is the food that Jesus was telling them about. And Jesus told them they need not worry about this physical food that perishes, but the spiritual food that does not perish. I guess almost like McDonald's. Almost. But if you think about that, that's the best um, a man-made thing can do, right? It can't last forever. Even if they somehow chemically got that to slow down after 120 days, it's still going to perish. Amen. You see, it's no different than man-made religions. There's, there's Tens of thousands of religions and, and tens of thousands of religious ways you could look at those religions. But if it's not based on the truth of Christ, it's going to perish. It's useless, as that McDonald's is after 120 days. It cannot compete with the real thing. It just can't. So Jesus tells them if they're going to focus on anything, it should be where they spend eternity, not what you will eat today. He's trying to get this crowd to understand that. It's this theme he just keeps hitting, and he just keeps hitting, and he just keeps hitting. It reminds us of our main idea this morning. We receive imperishable food when we believe Jesus. Okay, so this crowd's starting to get it, some of them, from the questions they're asking. So now they're saying, okay, so if, if we don't do the work, what kind of work do you do so that we may believe you? They're asking Jesus for a sign. They ask him, what kind of signs or works that you do that we may believe you? They say, Moses fed the entire nation of Israel with manna from heaven. 
Again, they're still worried about their bellies. And now they're kind of almost, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead and move on to the next set of verses. So when they ask him for a sign, what kind of work do you perform? So they can start going into verse 31. You know, remember, you know, Moses fed us with manna from heaven. So, so what can you do? Basically, they're kind of calling Jesus like a minor league miracle worker. Think about that. They're like, why should we believe you possess salvation? You only fed like 20,000 one time. Moses fed like basically the entire nation of Israel for almost 40 years. They're kind of calling Jesus out. There in verse 32, he says, Moses might have called manna out of heaven. By the way, it's from my father. It really wasn't about Moses. But it was still temporary. It was still temporary. Stop thinking about the temporary. You need the true bread from my father, the true bread that lasts for eternity. We're on to verse 33, our final three verses. This is the only bread that gives true eternal life to the world. That's it. And now they're starting to come around, as you see there in, in verse 34. And then they said to him, okay, Lord. Oh, now he's Lord. Before he was just like some minor league prophet. Now he's Lord. Always give us this bread. So think about what they're asking. Can you always give this to us? Again, temporary. They're asking him, will you always do this for us? They don't understand it's a, it's a one-time deal. Jesus says, yes, but guess what? It's me. I'm the bread. He says right there in 35, I am the bread of life. This is the first of uh, seven I am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. If, you wanna, if you're right, taking notes, uh, I'm about to go through them right now. Uh, verse 635, I am the bread of life. Chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Chapter 10, 7 and 9, I am the door. Chapter 10, verses 11 and 14, I am the good shepherd. Chapter 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. And of course, 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Chapter 15, verses 1 and verse 5, I am the true vine. All of these I am statements come from John chapter 8, 58, when Jesus tells them, before Abraham was, I am. It is the great I am statement that Jesus told the Pharisees because he's making himself equal with God and saying, before anybody was, I was, because I am God to which they understood that, and that's why they picked up stones to stone him to death. They knew what he was saying. But here he, he tells them in verse 35, I'm the true bread from heaven that the Father gives. It's me. It's I am him. Jesus is the true bread of eternal life. He's the true bread that leads to salvation. And those who come to him and place their faith in him will never hunger or thirst ever again, spiritually. Not as long as they rely on him and his works. This brings us to our second point. Jesus is the bread of God because his word gives life. Jesus is the bread of God because his word gives life. 
as I call it, Miss Hallie, and I, and I start to wrap this up this morning, remember, church, Jesus was separating those who were following him for the wrong reason from those that were following him for the right reason. He was trying to get them to all to see the way to salvation. And it's not about working harder or striving more, but surrendering to the truth of the gospel. Amen. Think about this as we remember our points today. I want to ask you two questions this morning. Are you trying to earn the free gift of eternal salvation? Are you trying to earn that this morning? Because if you are, it's impossible. You're not good enough, and I'm not good enough. Also, if you are a believer, why do you follow Jesus? What motivates you to follow Christ? Think about this as we review our points this morning. The first one was salvation's not a work, but a belief. We don't follow Jesus to earn salvation. As he told the Jewish people, to receive the bread that does not perish, you don't work, you believe. You believe that Jesus is who he said he was and, and did the things he said he did. We have proof of faith when we desire to follow him. We follow Jesus because we know he's the only way to the Father, and we know that because he came down from heaven, lived a sinless life, and then gave his life as ransom for many. That's what motivates me, church. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. He said, come to me who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He was speaking to a group of people that were burnt out on religion. They were following false teachers that were breaking their backs with the law. He was telling them that true salvation is much easier and it's much lighter than the heavy burden of following the law. Because following the law is impossible, but following Jesus is not. And when we do that, we know that we could do that because he paid the penalty for our sin, for breaking the law. And when we believe these things, we understand the, the second point. Jesus is the bread of God because his word gives life. This symbolism of bread is because it's life-sustaining. And Jesus is that life-sustaining uh, substance because he is uh, because, I'm sorry, because of his word. It's right there. Because of his word, he gives life. That is why he is the life-sustaining bread. Think again about the power of his word. Not only does that word get us through the difficulties of today, but also it gives us hope because we get to spend eternity with him in heaven. So remember, church, I asked you, why do you follow Jesus? Is it because what you feel like Jesus can do for you today? Or is it more focused on about what he can do for you and will do for you in eternity? Are you focused on the temporal or are you focused on the eternal? Is that the hope of the gospel that you are spreading to the, to the world around you? Because that is the message this world needs to hear. 
All we must do is believe in Jesus and we can receive eternity with him. If you believe in him, he will sustain you for eternity. And we remember our main point. We receive imperishable food when we believe Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, praise you that you have made a way for us to know you this morning. All we must do is believe in the true bread of life, your son, Jesus. All we must do is believe who he is and believe in all he has done for us. This is the only way that we can receive the life-giving, life-sustaining bread for eternal life. Help us to proclaim this to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.